Hello, I'm Stacey Murda, health coach and yoga teacher, passionate about supporting your health and well-being. This wellness podcast is focused on bio-individuality, knowing that one size does not fit all. As a coach, it is my goal to empower you with the knowledge, tools and techniques you need to make the right decisions to support your health goals. I hope it brings you the inspiration that you need. Hello, welcome back to this week's podcast. This week, we are talking about achieving sustainable health goals. So as a nutritional health coach, I coach clients all of the time on their individual well-being goals. And so as a coach as well, I have um, clients come and approach me in their consultancy call and they'll ask me what the program is and it is completely bespoke to that individual because I've never had one client that has had the exact same program with another. It is set out completely different and it's bespoke to that individual on their specific goals and needs. And so I I wanted to kind of just delve in a little bit deeper about what health goals are and what it is about well-being and health and so on because I think a lot of the time we get fixated on a goal being a weight loss goal and that being reflective of health and well-being and it's not that it's not you know depending on an individual that may be the case that may be their main goal and that's absolutely fine but health goals will tend to shift as well not only from year to year but also just through periods of our life and so it's important that just in life generally, that we be kind to ourselves and that we're aware that things are going to shift and things are going to change along the way. And we adapt, we grow, we learn and we change from from learning everything that we, we do along the way. So there are a few things that we're going to delve into um, today. We're going to talk about some of the key pillars to keep in mind when it comes to health. And we've touched on some of these in previous episodes and how then building healthy habits and setting goals and using habit stacking can really help you in achieving your goals. And when I talk about achieving goals, it's about achieving sustainable lifestyle goals so you want to make changes and create habits that are long-standing so not only are you going to achieve the goal but you've created a healthy habit that's going to stick and it's going to get you into a better frame of mind a better way of thinking and so long term you're not even going to think of it as a habit and it's no longer going to be something that you're working on. It just becomes standard in your life. It's not something that you're going to be consistently thinking, oh, I need to do this or I need to do that. It just becomes that daily habit or that weekly practice, whatever it looks like. And we'll delve into deeper about what that kind of looks like. And one of the big things we're going to touch on today is knowing your why and why we do the things that we do and so we'll go into that in a little bit more detail because I think a lot of the time and using weight loss as one of them 
we will set a weight loss goal, but we don't necessarily always understand why we're doing that. You know, what does it mean? And delving deeper into it. Well, I want to lose weight, but why? Well, I want to feel better in my clothes, but why? And then it's like, right, well, I want to be this certain size. And I'm even talking and reflecting on myself and my own personal experience with weight loss. Um, But it's getting to the root of it. It's, right, well, is it going to make you happier? You know, for a time it would be like, for me personally, oh, it'll make me more attractive. You know, I'll find a partner, you know, things like this. And that's not necessary. And this is reflective of my own when I say this. That is not a sustainable reason in order to meet that health goal long term. Yes, I can make make that um, meet that goal and achieve it by a certain period of time. But if I'm doing it in an unhealthy way, and I'll touch on yo-yo dieting, if I'm on a calorie deficit for a certain period of time and meet that health goal, how many of us have been on these fad diets and we've met the goal but then we've piled it back on or some of it at least and it's because not only are we doing habits that aren't sustainable or in the long term but we're also not sticking with the new set point that we've created through that calorie deficit and the set point changes so for example if I have reduced my calorie intake to say 1500 calories to be in a deficit, I can no longer go above that unless my energy expenditure is even higher. So if I continue with that calorie deficit and that energy expenditure, and so the workouts um, and that movement, Again, coming back to how our lifestyles change and evolve over the years and over those different chapters. If we then move up the scale of taking in a calorie intake of 1800 calories a day, but our movement doesn't change and the expenditure doesn't change, the energy expenditure doesn't change, then we have exceeded that set point, if that makes sense. You know, so there's a lot more science to that, but It's important to understand that when we have used a calorie deficit to get the goal and to get that weight loss goal, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can go and eat what you want and be back at 1800 or 2000 because you've already communicated to your body that all you can consume is 1500 and that's what's working with the energy expenditure that your body is working at. Um, so it's all about how you're communicating to your body, which is so important to remember. If you're telling your body one thing for say four, six months, whatever that looks like, and then you're telling it something contradictory and different within the next few months. And that doesn't mean that you can't overexpend your calorie deficit or what have you, but it's being aware that if you're putting your body into that, that's where yo-yo dieting can definitely occur. And so I would say just be mindful that if you're entering a calorie deficit, that be mindful that you may not be able to go any higher than one or 200 calories above that if you want to maintain 
that um, weight loss goal. Um, but yeah, so let's look at the key pillars. So we've talked about these before and sleep, nutrition, movement, social connections, and a sense of purpose are kind of the five key pillars that you want to look at and you want to be aware of. And I'm mindful that I haven't put anything in there with meditation or mindfulness or something about mental health. And the reason being is because when you get all of these things connected, mental health is supported. So yeah, so I think there's definitely things that we can do to support our mental health. But when we're getting good sleep, nutrition, movement, social connections, and that sense of purpose all aligned, that 100% is going to support your mental health and well-being. So I have taken these pillars. A lot of these pillars is what I would use in my coaching. And then, so as a coach, I coach on primary and secondary foods. So primary foods is everything that's going on in your life, whether it be physical activity, your nutrition, home cooking, your home environment, your social connections, your career, your finances, spirituality, absolutely everything that's going on in your life. Secondary to that is like nutrition. So what you're fueling the body with. So there is home cooking that's involved in the primary app primary sphere that we look at but nine times out of ten if you're facing a weight loss goal that you're trying to achieve and you're thinking that everything is related to nutrition which a lot of our world thinks and it's all down to marketing and consumerism I've worked in marketing for over 15 years and thankfully I've not been um, in the food market if I was, then it would be in something that really aligns with what I believe in. Um, but certainly not highly processed and ultra processed foods that mess with our endocrine systems and many other things. But what I would say is that in in this world that we live in, it's highly pressurized when it comes to marketing and consumerism. And we're pitched a lot of foods that aren't necessarily healthy for us. And we're pitched a lot of lifestyle choices that aren't necessarily needed or warranted, you know, and they tend to be then fads or trends and so on. And I've been there, done that. And ultimately, a lot of things that we can tap into to help us live a healthier lifestyle is typically free and it shouldn't have to cost you a fortune. Health health should be accessible to everybody and that's a very white privilege thing to say as well but I want to talk about how that can be achieved um, for many and getting a good, a good sleep routine is kind of one, kind of number one and when we talk about maybe even not achieving um, weight loss goals or I've heard clients before you know 
very stressed. Cortisol levels can have a huge impact on weight loss. It tends to settle in in the lower abdomen as well. So if you find that you're working out lots and you're in a calorie deficit and you're still carrying visceral fat around the abdomen, you'll probably be carrying high levels of cortisol and you might want to just check your stress management levels. So, but sleep is a crucial component in helping us reduce and alleviate the cortisol levels. Cortisol is at its highest when we wake up, but we want to make sure that we're getting that seven to eight hours of sleep um, at night. And cortisol is so important in the body. So although I do say about managing those cortisol levels, it is stress hormone. It's a stress response in the body. You need it first thing in the morning because it gets you out of bed. And so it's very important in our body. It also helps trigger that fight or flight response. So it gets us moving when we sense danger, when we need to move. So there's definitely areas that we need it. But it's also important to recognize that we don't, don't need to leave, live there full time. Sorry, getting my words. We don't need to live in fight or flight mode full time we want to get into that parasympathetic part of the nervous system and sleep is a core component in helping us get into that rest digest and recovery mode and when it comes to our natural circadian rhythm going to sleep early and wakening early particularly when it's it's difficult because obviously we're in autumn winter so we're getting our sunrises a little bit later and our sunsets earlier and typically when it comes to our circadian rhythm when it starts to get dark we should really just be in low lighting or candlelight to help our body adjust and get into a really natural sleep rhythm and technology of course then isn't involved in that bedtime routine And so it's really important to be aware that obviously coming into autumn winter, if you're starting to get tired at around three, four o'clock, that's absolutely natural because your body then is just adapting to that circadian rhythm for the autumn winter season. So you will naturally then be coming to a point where your body is naturally tired. Um, You know, so sometimes people will, source energy through snacks and energy drinks at this point or coffee to try and keep themselves awake but if you can and you know then just try to be more productive in your mornings and have less in the afternoons so that your body is a little bit more free to rest and go into that kind of early evening um, rest period Um, but sleep is number one in on my website I'll put it in the show notes as well I have a free sleep guide so if you are struggling with sleep then I encourage you to check it out it's completely free to download and it gives you some guidance on creating a better sleep routine and just some tips on getting better at your sleep it is a practice as well so don't feel I know a lot of people will say oh I'm just not a good sleeper 
but try different things to help support it. Not only are you helping the body recover, you're helping your mind recover and helping it improve gray matter in the brain, which helps us think. And that is so important as we age and get older. So please do keep that in mind. Nutrition, try to eat a balanced plate every single day and aim for at least 30 plants per week. If you haven't already, I encourage you to go check out the Blue Zones document documentary um, with Dan Buten. It is Live to 100, I think. I'll put it in the show notes as well. Um, but it is a fantastic series. I think there's four episodes. It visits the Blue Zones around the world. There are only four and some of them are depleting and that's down to marketing and fast food chains and it's heartbreaking actually. Um, But a lot of the pillars within the blue zones are what I'm talking about right now. So sleep, nutrition, having a plant-based approach is definitely more favoured But obviously what I would recommend and I'm pescatarian myself and probably more plant-based on a day-to-day and so I would suggest just knowing your own self, knowing your own body and what fuel your body needs and perhaps just introducing more plants within the diet and obviously still having your meat or fish if you like having those things in your diet but just try out some more plant-based um options within the day or within your week perhaps a meat-free monday i know that's a trend you know so again just ensuring that you're getting a balanced plate so good healthy carbohydrates protein fats and you know making sure that you're eating a good source of produce in your diet if you can locally sourced produce is going to be the best and avoiding any ultra processed foods i understand that ultra processed foods are nice and they're designed that way of course they are um so they want you to crave them and they want you to eat more, buy more and so on. Um, But of course, treat that as a treat. You know, we only have one life. So you want to obviously enjoy what you eat. Um, But obviously just don't do it all the time. So probably I would say approach it with an 80-20 rule. And above all else, when you're focusing on nutrition, also include hydration make sure that you are getting adequate water every day. So we we know that there's guide guidance out there around eight glasses of water or two to three liters of water per day. I would suggest just try and keep track of your own water intake and notice how you're feeling because a lot of the time you could be more thirsty than you are hungry. Always start your day first thing in the morning with a glass of water because it's going to hydrate the organs. It's going to, and the organs I'm talking about, even including your brain. Your brain is an organ. And so it hydrates the entire body once you drink and wake up. And 
So just look at it that your body has been fasting for eight hours and it needs replenished and it needs that hydration. Also, if you suffer from headaches, try and drink more water. And what I would say a good rule of thumb is, and it's probably taboo, like, but check your pee. So when you pee, just see that throughout the day that it's running a little bit more clearer. If it's not clear by the afternoon, perhaps just drink some more water. And yeah, so that's a good rule of thumb. So on to social connections. Building and nurturing social connections is so important. And that's across a variety of different ages, genders, you know, building social connections that is so important. It's so important for our long-term health. But it's also just so important to have different conversations with different people. And I think when you look and read into the blue zones, these people live into their hundreds. So if you're not aware of the blue zones, get to know about the blue zones because honestly, it's incredible. And so even when we look at movement, in the blue zones, it's natural movement daily. They don't plan to go to the gym. They are just naturally moving throughout their day, whether it's working the land, working in woodwork, um, you know, walking. Everything is complete natural movement. And, and that's not saying don't plan movement. In our fast-paced lifestyles in this Western world, planned movement is probably most access to movement that we get if we're especially for those who are in sedentary jobs where we're in front of a laptop most days um so yes so definitely planned movement and natural movement and combining this with social connections is actually a great thing to do as well you know so building those social connections in workouts you know walking with friends and nature whatever that looks like is just so important to help build your brain health but also it gives us that sense of purpose in our social connections as well which is bringing me on to a sense of purpose a lot of us I think in this day and age think a sense of purpose is a calling or a job And it's not necessarily, it can be 100%, um, but it's actually a sense of knowing, a sense of knowing who you are and what you're offering the world and your closest connections. And it can be a goal in life that makes us want to study more, work or train. Um, But there's a very close link with purpose and motivation. And so I suppose that's where that can be um I suppose misinterpreted maybe um in the sense that we think that our purpose is always our job when it's not really um but people with a sense of purpose will tend to work hard and have a vested interest in their goal rather than because they have to so your purpose is intrinsically connected to your why what gets you out of bed in the morning and when we look at that sense of why why do you do the things that you do 
you know, do you do it because you love it? Do you do it because it's helping you reach a goal? Why do you do it? What is its purpose? Why should you do the things that support your health and well-being? What's the long-term impact of that? What's the long, long-term long achievement? You know, and so from that aspect, let's go into that a little bit deeper. So, for example, I was working with a client recently and we were talking about working out and movement. And so we kind of touched on it, you know, about that movement and we delved deeper. So why do you move your body? And there was a weight loss goal element to it. And then there was um, healthy, strong. And so then I invited them to go a little bit deeper. And I think perhaps when you get into your 30s and even your 40s and onwards, isn't necessarily then about the weight loss goal because as we've talked about earlier the weight loss goal is great it's not a bad thing to have but it can be it can be achieved you know but what is it long term that you want to achieve from a movement goal in particular you know so what is that outcome long term And so for us, we kind of, me and my client, we explored this a little bit more and we explored the prospect of, right, well, what does it look like when I'm 80 and I'm carrying shopping bags and I'm trying to get myself up out of the chair and I'm trying to go for a walk in nature or I'm trying to lift weights? What does that look like when I'm 80? What do I need to do in order to be the healthiest 80 year old that I envision for myself. And don't get me wrong, there are things that may come our way in life, no matter what age we are, that sometimes will impact how we age and how we um, develop in terms of mobility and strength and so on. When we get to our late 30s, muscle memory starts to deplete. And particularly when we look at menopause for women and so on as well, this is so important. So muscle memory starts to deplete. And as we age, you know, muscle strength and so on will change. Um, So these things are inevitable parts of aging. But there are certainly things that we can do to support it and help us as we age so that not only are we making ourselves more mobile stronger and but we're also eliminating eliminating risks of falling um risks of joint uh, issues or breakages and so what we're trying to do is avoid these things so when we looked at the why it's going even further into telling us why we're doing what we're doing and getting to a why that makes sense and then connects with that sense of purpose makes it so much easier to sit it makes it so much easier to adapt what that habit may look like so that it doesn't feel like a chore it doesn't feel like a task so 
if you want to be able to go for walks in nature in your 80s go for walks in nature's or in nature's go for walks in nature in your 30s in your 40s in your 50s go now do it all now don't expect that you're going to be doing it in your 80s just because you want to be doing it make sure that you're doing those habits now to set yourself up for the future and we don't know how long we've got we don't know what tomorrow brings today is an absolute gift and so being present every day and getting the most out of your life out of your day is so important and I know that that is so easy for us to say and it's easy for us to forget in the day-to-day things that happen and crop up in our life because life isn't easy it's tough for everybody things happen and so it's navigating our way through that but being consistent and creating habits will help you achieve your goals and so let's talk about habit stacking before we finish off and wrap it up but habit stacking is one of the best ways to reach your health goals and I absolutely love it because it's just so easy so when it comes to setting yourself goals I highly recommend getting yourself a notebook notebook and pen and writing your goals down and use a smart matrix a smart goals matrix so you want to be specific measurable Is the goal achievable? Is it realistic? And set a time to it. Make sure it's timely. And so when we use the SMART matrix, it really gives us a sense of even evolving the goal. So the goal may seem quite simplistic at first. And that might not be the goal. So it's looking at the why if that makes sense. So if we took what I just said about, you know, that you want to be doing certain physical activities when you're in your 80s and standing up straight and, you know, being able to walk a mile, um, then it's working backwards. So it's like, well, what do I need to do daily to make these things achievable? And so It's creating then these healthy habits daily and habit stacking them onto your existing habits. So you'll hear quite a lot about morning routines, evening routines and so on. And with morning routine, your morning routine is typically the easiest, I think, in terms of creating a new habit and stacking a habit onto something else. And so for an example, if you na- if you typically take a coffee in the morning, um, I would habit stack taking a glass of water before you take that coffee. So hydrating the body first because caffeine a- dehydrates the body. So you don't want to be going straight into that caffeine. And I'm not telling you to quit coffee. Coffee is good. It, if you get a good grey coffee, it's got it's full of polyphenols, great for the gut, good plant-based um, bean. 
So again, coffee is good to have. It's There's nothing wrong with it. But what I would say is just make sure you're hydrating beforehand. So in that essence, I would say block that in with the coffee. So imagine that you're stacking it on top so that you're having your water before and then having your coffee. Likewise, there's another habit you could potentially do here as well. You could then, whilst you're having your coffee, do some breath work. You could also maybe do some stretches while you're waiting for your coffee to cool down and getting some movement into the body. So there are plenty of habits that you can create back to front on existing habits that you may have. And so even if you've got a commute to work, could you park a little bit further away? Could you get off the bus one stop before so that you had a little bit more movement and a little bit more steps in your daily intake could you maybe take the stairs rather than the lift in the office so again it's creating small achievable habits in your day-to-day life and this will look different for absolutely everyone it could be on your lunch hour that you want to just go out for five minutes and you'll walk around the block and then go and have your lunch it doesn't need to be necessarily 20 minutes it could evolve to that but again just being mindful I need to get some fresh air away from my desk and away from technology and just getting into some fresh air and walking around the block and you'll know yourself what you're needing and that's what's so great about being aware of your own health and well-being goals and getting to know yourself a big sense within my yoga teachings and also through my coaching is helping people become more self-aware get to know themselves but also get into a place of self-acceptance once they get to know themselves it's about accepting who they are, loving who they are, and really embracing the qualities that they have within themselves. Because every single one of us has so much to offer the world, our families, our friends, our work colleagues. And we don't always take the time to be aware of that. And I just want to remind you that you're all amazing and you all have qualities that are wanted and needed within this world and it's important to be aware of that and to share and so yes get to know yourself get to love yourself and you know get to a level of acceptance and you know there's not going to be every day that you accept yourself you know because life happens you know we give ourselves hard times but it's sitting in that moment, sitting with those feelings and being aware that that's not always been the case of how you're going to feel. And it's coming back to these pillars and supporting yourself out of that to come to a place of consist- or acceptance. But just to finish up on habit stacking when and setting those goals, when setting those goals as well and creating those healthy habits throughout your day-to-day life it's consistency that is key to success on anything don't worry if you fall off get back on and don't berate yourself either 
and especially you know coming back to the nutrition side of things as well and following in the 80 20 if you go out for a meal on the weekend and you what you feel is overindulging don't berate yourself on that just be like I really loved that meal I really enjoyed that dessert and I had such a great time with friends and so on and don't even say to yourself that you're going to get back on it on Monday or the next day whatever that looks like just live your life normally the next day you know just go back into your habits but don't necessarily always tell yourself that because I think when we tell ourselves that we are telling ourselves that we're restricted and that we have to get back onto a plan and that's not necessarily what we want to be doing we want to be making sustainable lifestyle choices that everything is a choice everything within our lives isn't restrictive we can have the chocolate bar we can have the dessert you know there's nothing wrong with any of that but it's all about what is within your well-being goals do is it healthy to be having chocolate cake every day probably not is it healthy to be moving your body every day 100% you know so it's all about creating choices that are sustainable for you and above all else just enjoying your life don't sweat the small stuff don't get caught up on being meeting a goal of a marathon or what have you these are all great goals but it's not necessarily the be all and end all our goals are always changing and always changing are evolving as we age as we develop throughout our lives we change as individuals so it's so important to be aware that those goals will change day to not even necessarily day to day sorry but you know even within six months your goals can completely change so the programs that I offer are typically a three-month program or a six-month program and We always will assess the goals throughout that period of time. And a lot of the time, the goals that have been set in week one can change completely by week six. And so it's important to have that flexible approach to your individual goals because you get to know yourself, you get to know what's important and ultimately you get to know your why and I invite you to explore some of what we spoke about today and perhaps get that notebook out and pen and look at what I've talked about today and I would say look at how everything is at the moment particularly around those key pillars so how is your sleep what's your nutrition like what about your movement how are your social connections And do you have a sense of purpose? Are you aware of it? And kind of get a little bit clear on where you're at right now and go from there then on setting some goals. And your goals don't have to be a long list. You possibly just only have one, two, maybe three goals for the next six months or the next year. And again, that can change. And I would always continue to revisit those goals 
as you go throughout that time frame and yeah I think that's I think that's a good and healthy end to our conversation today but I hope that it's given you some food for thought as a coach I offer a free 60 minute health history which everyone is invited to um, tap into so if you're needing support in achieving your well-being goals and you want to find out more about how I could potentially help you as a coach then absolutely connect with me we can set up that free call and we can assess your health history and go from there it is no obligation to sign up for a program so you can obviously help have the health history and if that gives you enough then that's absolutely fine also have a fantastic day i hope this has served you well and i will speak to you all soon Thank you all so much for listening to this week's podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I would be so grateful if you could take some time to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for future episodes. This helps keep you up to date with future releases, whilst also growing the podcast so that others can find it. Take care and see you all again soon.